Why do game developers say their games aren't political? We talk about that and girl boss war criminals on today's GHG show. Welcome to the GHG show recorded in Brick Lane. Finally, we are genuinely back in the studio. Well, most of us. Uh, I'm joined today by Astrid. Hello, I'm still coming in from Saturday. You're still remote. But in the studio with me today is Shay. Hello. And I am Samantha. Um, if you managed to find this video, you know, let's get straight to it. Let's, 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 cut, let's cut straight to business. And you haven't already subscribed, why don't you? Give Cinnamons a little like down below as well. Um, you know, and if you turned out you don't like the video, just forget about it. Don't worry about it. It's no wait. Um, today, we are going to discuss... That classic phrase being thrown about often of late, our game isn't political, um, which I think anyone would agree is just blatantly untrue. It's impossible to make. Sam, are you telling me, are you telling me video games are political? Quiet down, Astrid, Jesus. <laughs> no, um, obviously, like, all, I mean, as we'll get into, and I think we'll explore the breadth of this, but like video games, like all are and all media exist in a political spectrum on multiple levels. There's a myriad of ways in which um, even our objects are political, and it's not just about their content, as we'll, we'll get into over the course of this. But that raises the, the question, which is, why would developers, why would you say that your thing isn't political? Um, what, what What's the gain there for you to say that? Um, and just before we get into some stuff that I've got prepared to talk about, I just wanted to know, like, is there anything for you to that recently, like, you associate with that phrase? Any, like, any galling examples? Do you wanna? Do you wanna go first, Astrid? Um. Well, uh, six days <laughs> in Fallujah feels like a pretty a, egregious example. Thing. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's, I guess like that one was a bit of a lightning rod for all this stuff, I think because it exists at such mm. an extreme end of it, because not only is it in line with other um, modern war games and stuff, which are obviously loaded with politics, but because it's based on a real event that happened, and because it has a very political goal of actually rewriting the history of that event and repainting the events, mm. um, basically covering up a war crime basically is the function of this game um which you know i mean it's pr that's i mean that's pretty bold i would say to like be like oh yeah this isn't political at all yeah it seems to be taking uh taking a page from the uh from the bbc playbook of impartiality we're just uh, depicting wherein, it differently um, from what actually happened, it. so it's fine. You know, there, there are there are two different groups of people saying different things, and regardless of how true either of those things are, we're going to assume they're both equally yeah. as valid. Um, I think, like, and to, to be clear in terms of, like, I don't think even just documenting something mm. as factually accurately as possible doesn't mean that you're not politically inclined. Yeah. What you choose to document, what you choose to frame, and what stories you choose to tell is a political action. Mm. Or even what, what knowledge you have. Of, yeah, of it's all, it all comes from... You can be political without even being aware of it. Who histories, you know, like yeah. who provided those facts that you are interpreting. Like, you know, there's, there's no way in which 
you can be exempt from the politics that you you live in. On the back of that, I'd also add the whys of it. Why do you, as this voyeur, want to document yeah. something? You know, what's your like, motivation for yeah. doing it? Yeah, yeah, like, and we've talked about that a lot in the show. I think with various things, mm. um, you know, why are you t- talking about this thing? Um, and I think that kind of motivation in terms of like why you're telling certain games, I feel like factors a lot into like the way in which you end up with this thing of like, oh no, we're not political. Um, Because I started looking into this and I started with um, everyone's big um, culture of behemoth, Call of Duty. And the thing that I surprised me actually looking into this was going, I went all the way back to the original 2007 Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, And... So obviously this is a bit damning of the games media at the time, but I went through a load of interviews and no one really engaged with the politics of the game at all. It's all talk about the spectacle and stuff. Um, And even the developers when describing the storyline as complex are referring to the twists and turns of the narrative rather than any thematic complexity. And so there just really isn't anything. And this phrase, our game isn't played, this denial isn't really there yet. Because not because the games aren't fully loaded with loads of political, you know, statements and intentions and readings, but simply because I feel like there's a scrutiny that hasn't arrived yet back in 2007 for video games. Um, but uh, they didn't have to take too long before there was a bit more scrutiny on Call of Duty because Modern Warfare 2 had the now notorious no Russian level. Um, which, if you've not played it, you are working undercover as part of a terrorist cell in this mission. And you must open fire on crowds of civilians in an airport. Um, this got a lot of coverage, understandably, from mainstream news outlets. Um, it generated a lot of controversy. Um, some of it, you know, can definitely be read as that, like, any press is good press kind of thing. And it wouldn't be the first or last time that Call of Duty would almost intentionally um, cater to that kind of thing. Um, but critic Kieran Gillen at the time said it was said of the mission, it's not any good, it's bullshit, it's a lie, it means nothing. Um, just, yeah, there's just an empty shock value to it that I think was apparent even at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think in retrospect is just all the more, more blatant. And it seems um, like they took that, that t- they took that quite prescient criticism about using sort of political imagery and ideas in a sort of style over substance way uh, and decided to do more politically overt uh things uh but 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 well, but in a worse way <laughs> well yeah they certainly didn't get better we got because next we have um call of duty black ops um and developer josh olin speaking with the guardian said of their choice of cold war setting it was a worldwide conf- it was a worldwide conflict, so we could go anywhere we wanted around the globe. It was a long era, so we'd have a variety of different weaponry at our disposal. These deniable operations, these black ops mission, these are the things that you haven't heard about. The history that history hasn't taught us. So it really allowed us a lot of creative freedom. That is so wild to me, because like you're talking about something that is drawing on very real world events but you're talking about as if you're talking about a toy like yeah. oh, we had so much weaponry to choose from like that's mad to me there, yeah there's definitely something very gauche about it yeah. like it's just so crass um, yeah i'm um, particularly amused I think- by uh by the 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 incredibly neutral statement that it was a long period mm. of history it's like 
It was a long period. It was a long year. It's like, um, oh yeah, I like it was the shirt. The it's got, uh, it's got two holes for my arms uh, and a hole for my head, and my, uh, that which is a good shirt. And like, so there's. <laughs> There's also the second part of this, which is these deniable operations, these blackouts missions, these are the things that you haven't heard about that history hasn't taught us, so it really allowed us a lot of creative freedom. The thing about that is, right, so obviously I get that like, you take the blank spots in this and you fill it in, mm-hmm. you embellish and stuff, but it's just it's just so wild, like, the, the, the way that they talk. It's the, it's the things that you haven't heard about that history hasn't taught us, and I was like, did you get taught this? Did, yeah. Like, no, you're just making all this up. And it, But it was just, it's just that little thing of, like, ah, it's this implication that what the game is is, mm. like, ah, this is the real history, which, if you've played the game, So, I'm a big Fidel Castro stan, right? Um, for better and for worse. No, noted, like we no, need a little like Fidel Castro at the stand, Just no, noted Fidel uh, Castro Stan. Um, and I think it's incredibly funny to listen to that statement in the context of the opening mission of Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, in which you are playing uh, CIA agents instigating the Bay of Pigs. Um. Well, you're you're on a mission. The opening mission of Black Ops is you're on a mission to assassinate you're, Fidel you're gonna, Castro. You're going to kill the, Castro, right? And and the only reason you don't is because he has a body it's double. A body double. The, which, the, and, and also the body double was using a human shield because uh, because bad communists, you know. So yeah, like there's so many layers to this of like them trying to paint like Fidel Castro as a villain. It's like they they go, oh look, he's a coward. He used a body double, and look, his body double used a <laughs> human so shield. He's so cowardly that blah, blah, even blah. his body double is a coward. Body like, double uses a shield, and it's like you're there to assassinate him. He's not what's wrong. Particularly, <laughs> like, what's particularly prescient about that opening mission and and how they portray Fidel Castro and how they portray the people that the U.S. government have sent to kill him is interesting um because it sort of um it positions the people tasked with that mission as being competent uh which is historically inaccurate um because uh uh, uh, maybe something that is increasingly becoming uh more widely known um that the cia uh failed to assassinate castro over 600 times uh, and they actually got so desperate uh, that they started doing Looney Tunes shit, like trying to drop grand pianos on him. I thought you were going to mention like one time that they painted the cliffside with a tunnel and hoped he would drive into it. But I mean, dropping a piano on him. I even think they tried like... to drop like an Acme style anvil on him. Even uh, there was. But it's but it's yeah. interesting, right? Though, like because they have this this real real stuff that happened. Like people did try to assassinate Castro, but because one, their politics align with them saying, "Well, we can't have you be on Castro's side of events, so we need you to be the assassins." But also, which, you know, isn't inherently bad. That's, you know, that's an interesting perspective, yeah. sure. But because the game is also a power fantasy, mm. they, they have to contrive events in which you, you, on some level, still succeed, right? Like, you don't fail because you're incompetent or you're not powerful. You only see because he tricked you. That dastardly Fidel Castro tricked you with his Whereas body Whereas in reality, um, uh, he basically had to do fucking nothing because they were just really bad at their jobs like he, he didn't do anything like he he didn't like like there was this they had to they had to um they had to set out this big rumor mill back uh, back in the 60s that uh, fidel castro went everywhere uh in his daily life wearing a bulletproof vest under his shirt um he doesn't he didn't he never did 
Um, but they had to say that because they had to imply that um, that he felt that he was under un- under yet. some threat, um, which evidently wasn't the case because they they didn't do what they were trying to do for fucking six hundred attempts. Like it's, I thought you were to say for six hundred years. years. <laughs> But, like, it's, I guess it's just interesting to me that although there is some contrivance with plot to sort of portray these assassins as somehow virtuous. Um, also, just incidentally, if you've never played the mission, the mission begins with these assassins just hanging out in a bar before they start off the mission. And the thought of, like, three Americans chilling out in Cuba and just not being immediately suspect would, is just fucking hilarious to me. Um, like, I, f- I feel like everyone in Cuba were like, those are the assassins, it's really right? Funny yeah, though, those because, are totally the CIA, buddy. they almost draw attention to it because uh, police officers, uh, Cuban police officers show up uh, and are immediately like, what the fuck are these Americans doing here? And yeah, are immediately like, suspicious. So it's like, but like, it's not, you ne- it never really, it never really lingers on that moment for long enough to, for you to realize, oh, fuck, these guys are just like, they're dumbasses. They're fucking idiots. <laughs> they just stroll <laughs> like, into Cuba. But like, but the other thing is though that what what's interesting to me is what matters more to the developers of the game was that the CIA um, was portrayed as competent. That was more important than portraying them as morally sound. Like the 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 value was like we need to make sure we can have them doing a whole loads of horrible shit, but we need people to know that they're good at it, and that's the thing that really matters. You know, like being being incompetent would somehow be the worst outcome, and it plays into um, that age old trope of um, uh, like dirty Harry types, right? Where they're yeah. they're violent and they're um, and they're immoral, uh, but it is in the service of 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 a greater good. Um, yeah, this reaches a new zenith with uh, the modern war- warfare reboot. Because for years, like I, I looked through loads of interviews over loads of Call of Duty games, and the Call of Duty games became a bit more um, out there and a bit more like speculative in terms of their scenarios and stuff. Until literally, literally they're like in space. Um, there's like a little discussion around advanced warfare because there was like this mercenary. There was this like, and the game has a scrutiny over mercenary outfits and stuff. Um and that generated some in questioning, but not a lot. And I still didn't see this phrase while well, we're not political crop up. Um until to 2019's Modern Warfare Reboot. Um and there's an interview from Game Informer with um campaign gameplay director Jacob Minkoff and studio narrative director Taylor Kurasaki Kurosaki were asked by Game Informer if they thought Modern Warfare was a political game. Um, which the they said they didn't think it was, but what was interesting in this interview is they then go to outline why they don't think it was, mm-hmm. and we get this response from Minkoff, which is, "Are we telling a story that has anything to do with the specific governments of any countries that we are portraying?" So if you're asking, "Is Trump in the video game?" No, he isn't. Well, Kurosaki says we do talk about concepts like colonialism and occupation and independence and freedom. We maybe don't say those words specifically, but that's the realm we are in. They also go on to discuss how the game is meant to be an exploration of proxy wars and how superpowers use proxy allies to do their bidding. And so what's interesting about this is they very readily identify the very loaded, very prescient political elements of their game. Like these are, I would say these are very topical and regardless of how well the game explores, and I think the game absolutely tips its hand as to what its politics are very blatantly, and we can talk about that a little bit. But what I find interesting about this is that they they, they can see clearly what's mm-hmm. political, 
which to me means when they say their game, they don't think their game's political. It's like, okay, so what do they really mean? Yeah. Because they can see all these political, you know, aspects and framing and themes in their work. So what is the, when they say it's not political, what are they really talking about? Yeah, because that, like, that's so overt. The fact that, like, it, they're just like, yeah, no, these aren't, like, colonialism, that's not political. That's just... No. That's just, you know, the, that's um, just good old fun times. The, I, the, the, the take that I have on this, and it's something I'm sure we could unpack now if we want, but uh, we know how gamers, capital G gamers, use the word political, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, when, when, when the capital G gamers decry a game uh, uh, of being political, more often than not, it's um, in relation to the fact that um, the game expresses uh, uh, philosophical ideas or, um, or is inclusive in some way uh, that is displeasing to them. Yeah, there's some there's um, some progressive element, and yeah. So I guess what is interesting though, because I do agree, and I agree, and we'll talk about Ubisoft in a bit. Mm-hmm. Who I do think actually you deploy not political in that way in which they are trying to you know keep their audience broad, not imply that there is any element challenging elements of their games. But what I find interesting here is I to give the developers of Call of Duty some credit. Um, I will say, like, they specifically what they talk about is Trump isn't in the video game. They talk about, like, there's no political figure. That's why we don't think we're political. And they specifically bring up con- um, concepts like colonialism and occupation. And in the game itself, there are female characters. It is, you know, is inclusive, like, in a, you know, in a way that your capital G gamers might not be happy about. And I think Call of Duty as a trend has been more inclusive. And I'm not saying for us personally that's a net positive because... Obviously, there is the, the whole war thing. criminals of, are women now. Yay! <laughs> like you know, I don't think just Ronald inclusion Reagan respects somehow. your non-binary gender pronouns. Yeah, like I don't think that these things are inherently moral actions. Um, I don't yeah. think you can just be inclusive and that somehow paints over anything else. Um, but what I would say is, it at the very least is at odds with like you know this idea that you know they maybe don't want to upset you know this this very like right-wing anti-progressive gamer audience who don't like to see representation or inclusivity in their games and i don't think that's true of call of duty to a degree i think like the call of duty games have become more inclusive and stuff in that way so when they deploy our game isn't political i don't feel like that's what they're trying to do like i feel like i don't feel that it's necessarily to stem off that because i don't think it's true of their game but I do, it's definitely a deflection of some kind though, right? Mm. Like, um, they are deflecting some scrutiny of their game or at the very least, I think what, what I feel that they're, they're sort of identifying, but I don't think they know that that's what they're saying. And I think I know this from playing the game is they're, what they're saying is the game isn't critical of politics. Mm. And I think that's really what they're showing out. And so when they point to, you know, they say, oh, Trump isn't the video game. now. They're implying that, oh, we don't have any real-world stuff in the video game, and that's not true at all. There is real-world locations, there's real-world military outfits, there's real-world countries. You know, you have, there's a shootout in Piccadilly Circus. I went down to Piccadilly Circus the day after we reviewed this for, like, mm-hmm. uh, as I played through for your review, and it was pretty good recreation. Um, so, you know, that is in the game. That's a real place. And, like, most of the military outfits are real in the game. Um, so, but what they're really saying is we didn't portray anything that people might see us as having a statement on 
or as being challenging of the status quo. What they what they've identified, I think, unintentionally, is that what they regard as political would be something that is in opposition to like the status quo. So in the game, you know, like you know, war crimes are committed as Captain Price. It goes back to what you were saying that Dirty Harry thing of like the means. You know, the the the, the end justifies the means. You know, it's like you know, I think Captain Price's catchphrase of the game is we we get our hands dirty so the world stays clean, which is just yeah. preposterous. But um, and there and and there's there's also a sort of smattering um throughout from various different characters that sort of serve this idea. Like I remember, uh, I I haven't played it, but I watched a cutscene. Uh, that happens just after that Piccadilly Circus incident. Oh, if we hadn't had the red um, tape. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if we didn't have the red tape, they just, then if they just let us off the chain, we would have got we would have got them Captain Price. We would have got those dirty terrorists. If we'd just been able but to shoot indiscriminately in a civilian <laughs> right. space, we would have got them. Yeah. And they're proven right. And then this is the thing. The game proves those characters right again and again. It says, oh, yeah, if they had been able to, you know, mm-hmm. it creates a world in which the that is true i don't know if i'd give them that credit their credit's bad because like if because if if it was the case of you know actually it is this um this i don't know this self-criticism where they're not as bad as like ubisoft then i don't think that gamers would flock to their game in the way that they oh, do i mean i think it's, it's a similar thing like I, I think if if gamers aren't able to differentiate between the two then obviously they're not doing a better job of making their message clearer if that makes no, sense no i mean like i want to i want to be clear like mm. i don't think like that i i want to be clear i don't think they are different in a meaningful way in terms of like just because they're inclusive they're Mm. somehow better or whatever Mm. but what i would say is like that easily identified thing that does i think does cause like friction with gamers like seeing you know like remember when battlefield 5 was unveiled there was a woman in the cover and they all flipped their shit it's like Mm. that kind of thing there's a very like they they respond to inclusivity representation a very like aggressive way Mm. and you know and ubisoft games are just as inclusive it's Mm. just like i but what i'm what i guess what i'm saying is i i don't feel that that's that is specifically what they're trying to challenge i think it's a lot it is what you're saying though it's this larger idea yeah they're trying to you know deflect from criticism of it because within the game they're like the the narrative that they portray is this yeah this dirty harry thing with accountability and you know and we and you see it outlined in terms of like the the specific politics because there is a sort of divergent point in the narrative so the the, the game is Captain Price does a load, breaks the Geneva Convention about a billion times, but is the good guy because he stops some terrorists. However, there's um there's one character who's the sibling of Farah, I think is her name, you play as, who's sort of these this rebel group that's sort of based on the Kurdish fighters. And they, the, her brother at one point does a war crime. He uses chemical weapons to stop the Russians. And again, even just to bring that up, in this version of the conflict in the Middle East, um, the Highway of Death, we've talked about this before, we talked about in our review of Ecology and Modern Warfare, the Highway of Death is portrayed as being committed that war crime was portrayed as being committed by the russians and not america so that mm-hmm. you know the, the idea that this game is somehow impartial and not incredibly motivated with its politics is ridiculous but but the end of the, the this end of the scene he commits this you know he uses chemical warfare and captain price is like no that's the line and you crossed it you're no longer with us and all the cast like the all your player characters sort of chastise him and ostracize him from the the group but like, so what's interesting about that is like, 
I think Captain Price just needs to stop war crime yeah, policing. But, right. Like, like, uh... But it's interesting, right? Because it clearly shows that like the game is not saying that all, you know, and it's actually not saying the ends justify the means. What it's saying is it's okay when we do it, when political, mm. when, you know, like it, it would not be right for a re- rebel to do this because he's challenging the status quo. He's, yeah. Uh, you know, he's declaring independence so that he can deal with this problem, but blah, blah, blah. that's not appropriate. America and Britain, they're the only power, world powers that are allowed to be interventionalists and deal with these problems. And they're the only ones that are allowed to get their hands dirty. And, you know, like, his, politic- his political motivation, his political statement is very clear. Like, you couldn't play that game and not think, like, this game has, has something to say. Like... Mm-hmm. The argument when so when they say the game isn't political, what they're really saying, and they've identified, I, I don't, I don't, don't think they know they're saying this, but what they're saying is, our game isn't critical of the political powers that we live under. It's not pol- critical of the state, and those are the things that would tip us over into territory where we would re- we would readily identify ourselves as political. Mm. They see, I this think, is uh, all impartial. I think the uh, yeah. Call of Duty is like the 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 sort of centrist brain rot um uh historical war enthusiast of games development. Like they're like, oh we like we we we're very interested in like oh I'm really interested by like the tanks and the, the weapons. That stuff really fascinates me. Um but I think uh I think I think there's something to both sides. Sort of like like they, it, it's very, but, but in that, in that, in that very sort of centrist brain rot, rot way, where um the center always sort of shifts and adjusts to, to sort of meet mm. the status quo of I mean, any I think, given I period think regarding of time. Call of Duty Modern Warfare specifically, centrist is almost giving it far too much credit. I think it's absolutely right wing fascist propaganda, yeah. like the. Oh, undeniably, undeniably, but uh, it was at a time where, um, like, we had like a new Labour in government, and we had, we had like the the oh no, like, no the, 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 this is the, the re- this the, is the modern warfare reboot. Of, so this, this is twenty nineteen. So this is reboot, this exists. Right? You know, they, they you know they're talking about Trump. So they're talking about this is what two years ago. So they're specifically talking about with this one, like they're they like they. Are, and they 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 mention Trump specifically, and it's this communication again. I think unintentionally of like, if we were to if we were to mention any of that stuff, we'd have to you know and challenge it. That would make us political. But because we're just because we're just saying military forces going into countries and shooting and you know indigenous mm-hmm. people, that's fine. Um, you know, going into other countries and shooting the population well, there, the that's thing, okay right? because that's normal. That's you know, mm. being normalized in mm. our society and in our news and our media cycle. So it's not political because it's so prevalent, you know? And this is exactly the thing. This is exactly the thing is that I, I would still call it centrist brain rot purely on account of the fact that um, it's it's centrist in relation to the political climate. Yeah, I think the way they made. they are talking. About, I think the um, game itself is this like very loaded, like right wing authoritarian pushing fascist like statement about hey, we should just hand over all the power we can to military authority. But yes, I would say like the the writers here, the the directors, like them talking about the game. Yes, they are talking about in those centrist terms of like, mm. oh, it's neutral. We're yeah, just we're just documenting implied it. impartiality. Yeah. Like 
Bitch because wear. that was uh, because that's what the political yeah. status yeah. quo was. It was it was war crimes and it was it was um, it was military power and the debates that we were having because of the way politics works wasn't should we or should we or should we not do war crimes. Mm. It's how much war crimes should we do. Um, why are we doing the war crimes? Um, and that it it's disgusting and it's it's awful and it's horrifying but it's it's yeah it, it's just part of this um it this this centrist sort of ignorance of the way things actually are uh and only sort of really paying attention to what what conversations are happening politically right now uh regardless of of like who's making those arguments why they're making those arguments um it's just it's just really shallow um, and that that almost makes it more contemptful. discussion of Call of Duty, um, I think the real culprit of popularizing this response and line of question has undoubtedly been Ubisoft, which we mentioned earlier. Um, now, in my head, this has always been tied to The Division, um, but as best I can tell, they never deployed that statement regarding the first game. Interestingly, I looked up a load of interviews. Now, there was a lot of politi- there was a lot of scrutiny of the politics of The Division when it came out. But this, this, it's not political statement wasn't deployed until the second game. After all that critique, that's when I think I really, yeah, I think that's when I heard it, and like that's when I was working for Xbox at the time. So that was interesting having and like I had to sell that game specifically, um, and then like trying to dance around the the themes of the game while talking about, oh, it's uh, it's HDR enabled and uh, with only a single payment of Xbox Live Gold, you can pay online with your friends. It was... Um, so were they, were they like, aware of, like, the political, like, critique of that game and stuff? I'm pretty sure they were, but okay. just, like, you know, in order not to uh, rile up the capital G gamers, they were just like, oh, we're gonna, we're just gonna I pretend like it doesn't it. matter. Yeah, I pretend I do not see it. Is that is uh, I don't know I I I I almost wonder if this is sort of impossible now just because of the way that culture sort of exponentially sort of happens these days. But do we do we know when we first heard a game developer say that their game wasn't political? So I don't I don't have the definitive mm. first time. Um, but I what I can say definitively is that the deployment of this phrase increased exponentially the last two years. Yeah. Like, literally the last two years. Like, before that, I could not find it. Like, I'm sure somebody somewhere has said it, but I cannot find those interviews part and now this is complicated because i feel like this is this is a symbiotic thing where i don't think game developers just suddenly grew to a point where they're like we, we don't want to engage politically the content of these games hasn't really changed a lot what has changed is a greater scrutiny from developers i'm um, sorry from uh, from critics and the games media 
And I think this is so clear in the division because the first game came out and there was all that scrutiny mm. and criticism of it regarding its plot. Not from a whole load of corners of the game's media. And then the second game is when, you know, years later they deploy the second game and that's when they, they use this phrase or get these make this statement, our game isn't political. And you start seeing it crop up all the time now. And it feels to me that this this on the one hand this is sort of good because you know i was reading interviews from like 2007 and stuff and like you're you're reading these and there really isn't a lot of like political criticism at the mm. time i feel like this response that they have now is and is proportional and like in response to the fact that there's now a greater scrutiny around the content of their games that i that i'm guessing that this this is sort of their bid to sort of deflect from that um and i don't know do we think it's worked in a word, no. I'm okay. gonna say no. Like, and no. You you mean like? Uh, Do you think it's worked in like just deflecting criticism no. of their game? No, because I think I think it's made it worse in that like people, for good or bad, have become more politically like inclined, right? So they are gonna have questions either way, and I don't think it's done. I don't think it's done the job they hoped it would in terms of placating people and just being like oh yeah our game isn't political the conversation hasn't started and ended there so do you not think that they've maybe trapped people the games media and and because i do see this a lot where we get mm. trapped in that conversation of them saying the game isn't political mm. and then people having to go no it is and i guess what frustrates me about that is because they spend so much time debating the idea yeah. of whether something can and always is political mm -hmm that the actual yeah, politics yeah. of the game get yeah. neglected yeah. in the criticism. Mm. So I do, so for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, it, it's it's a, it's a, it feels like a tactical shift, right? Rather than um that like like critics will say this game is is this game political mm. developers say no this game isn't political. That turns into a news story. Mm. Uh and uh much like uh everything that blows up on the internet um the people selling the product have identified the fact that um doing something like this um makes people talk about their game mm. uh which means more people know that their game is a thing. Yeah. Uh it's like when uh it's like when Nike put out uh like diverse adverts and people start burning their shoes mm -hmm. and posting videos of it on Twitter, right? It feels like a like it's that that it's obviously a little bit different and there are some there are some other factors at play that don't come into something like uh like i don't know like alex jones uh burning a adidas shirt or whatever the fuck uh but um it feels like a similar sort of phenomenon uh and i feel like yeah like you like you said i i i completely agree it does feel like um that we're trapped in this constant cycle of having to argue that games are political or not, rather than um, the the sort of the general conversation, sort of agreeing that all games are political mm -hmm. and moving on to actually having discussions about the political content. I think I think games. you I think you're probably right though. Um, like even if I feel like somewhat skeptical of like mm. the media now being trapped in this cycle, I think you're probably right though that generally audiences are probably more politically aware, and I think. Like I, there's, there's definitely like I think regardless of how effective a deflection this is, I mm. think they cannot escape the fact that I feel there's, I mean, there's a degree to which yeah, media literacy is there's a dearth of media literacy, yeah. but I think through Twitter and stuff, regardless of how 
well put together some of these criticisms are people are undoubtedly highly critical of the content of their game mm. like uh, of games in general like you know i don't think like everything gets it like and you know people are always in the hunt for something that's problematic and stuff yeah. and regardless yeah. of how well intentioned or not that is there's always this thing where you end up at this place where you know you the smallest infraction can be pulled up as like oh, i'm not going to play that that in that game you kill people and that's, that's yeah. that makes it morally re repugnant so you know i feel like there's no escaping that mm -hmm. um but i i do wonder though if this has managed to simplify the conversation in a way that ultimately benefits them cuz i i cuz i guess in a way i don't know but i don't remember seeing the same discourse around division two as i did around the first one because around the first one there was all this stuff around wow the the people that you're shooting are just like people who are trying to like scavenge stuff to survive and stuff and here you are this militia unit mm. coming in and shooting them and people drew parallels to like hurricane katrina and stuff and you had like white people going in and shooting people that were just like trying to go about their fucking day and trying to get you know stay alive um and all these comparisons were invited and invoked but I didn't see anything like that around Division 2. Like, the discussion, I, all I saw was, like, of course it's political. But mm. I didn't, when the game came out, I didn't see a follow-through of, like, mm. people, I maybe missed it. But at the very least, I would. I don't think it was to the same degree at all of, like, scrutiny. No, I don't think there was. Um, and I, and to be fair, like, I do agree with you. I do think the whole, um, is this game political? I do think that that is a massive deflection. I think that's probably an example of it, actually, because there was so much discourse of whether or not it's political, in the second one, I mean, um, that then meant that was the conversation instead instead of the actual interrogation of the game's politics and that is something you see a lot i think where i sort of think that it's not always a or maybe it's it's better because like say if you have a tweet where it's like the article where someone some developers being asked whether or not they think their game is political almost always the comments are always like you know wh why aren't we talking about this thing in the game or oh, this yeah. thing that's what i mean so i think like yeah, it's, yeah, somebody will yeah. quote tweet it and be like, oh yeah, shooting civilians, not yeah, political. Exactly, kind of you know, so I, I do think there is, it's starting to shift further and like beyond from that, but... So yeah. sorry if I get their control in I way. think this yeah. is the thing, right? Like, uh, th and this is this is just how sort of political mm -hmm. discourse develops, right? Like, uh, like the um, like people, to, like group, m large swathes of ordinary people will mm -hmm. be having these discussions uh, and it will take sort of mainstream cultural discussion a little bit of time to catch mm. up to that idea um and then once it's reached that point the the sort of the uh, outside of that sphere the political discourse sort of evolves and develops again and and mainstream sort of cultural analysis has to play that game of catch up uh, and obviously like that it's a yeah. little bit more complicated than that but I, it does feel like expect like in this specific instance it does feel like things are moving in a direction um it's just it's, some people are lagging like like some like larger sort of cultural institutions are sort of lagging behind on the i mean not to not bit. to i guess not to like because i don't think anything exists in a vacuum which mm -hmm. is something that we're, we're going to be getting to in this episode but like like i don't um like critics are in the space where for a lot of critics like you know especially in the uk the uk media is a very small scene like there is a like you know for a lot of people in games media like pr and developers are your friends you know i have friends in, in the games industry 
And there's sometimes there's a reluctance to like criticize and stuff. So the, like there being a like sort of limit to the mm. critical engagement that you can have, you know, just mm. yeah. you can argue against the top tier person who goes, oh yeah, of course it's political. But when it comes to the game, you're, you know, you can be comfortable just, well, it's just a fun shooter and not, yeah. and not thinking any more than that. And there is a, the game's media landscape um, is sort of locked in this place where the, the sort of scrutiny of those politics has a, has a sort of limit. But I think you're right, though, Shay. Like, I think we're outside, regardless of how the game's media lags mm. behind or how it chooses to engage with it, there's a huge online discourse every time about this. And you're right, the people don't for, the people don't just go, of course it's political. I mean, some people yeah. probably do. But, like, there is always a thing of, like, identifying, well, sorry, this specific element isn't political. So you're right. I think, yeah, people do get into the, the specific politics regardless. Mm. And, yeah, and I guess in a way Ubisoft just cannot really fight this. Um, but it's sort of interesting because in researching this, I went back to the, the year of 2013 um, when Splinter Cell Blacklist came out and it was under some scrutiny at the time prior to its release because it included torture scenes, um, which the previous game Conviction had as well. Um, and it's these sort of interrogation scenes, and like the the ones in Conviction were more like I, I guess were more like James Bond, like you know like that scene where he beats up the guy in the bathroom. There's very much a scene in that in Conviction and stuff. Um, but in in Blacklist, it is I mean it's out and out. Like there's I mean you go to Guantanamo Bay in Blacklist for God's sake, like you know it's loaded to like this um so it was under a lot of scrutiny there's a lot of questioning around this like is this a lot of the questioning wasn't like oh what's your intention so much it's just is this appropriate etc but there's an interesting interview i found um when they spoke to jane douglas outside xbox at the time um developer max bland talked about how america's role in the world stage with troops in two-thirds of the world's countries inspired the story he says Americans have that saying, united we stand, divided we fall. What if the terrorists use that? You need to realize that for certain people, we are the bad guys. For certain people, Sam is a terrorist. That's Sam Fisher, by the way. I'm only considered a terrorist by some people. Um, and they are the heroes. So it's all a question of perspective. Um, and he closes this sort of statement by saying the game is there to ask the question, is it right for America to have the presence internationally that it does? And the game's plot sort of encompasses these terrorists that like band together or internationally to sort of um, like match America's um, you know deployment around the world, um, and that's from twenty thirteen. And it just feels like, and I would I would say that's pretty upfront about the politics and theming and, yeah. and, and narrative intent of the game in a way that Ubisoft would absolutely not talk about now. Even with that, sure, I guess that statement of Far Cry Six. Um, I mean, did you did any of you read that the the creative director of Far Cry Six who like said, "Oh no, no, our game is political." I don't know if you read it, Astrid, because no. it, it related specifically to those Cuban politics that you love so much. <laughs> Navid Kavari um, says, uh, "Our story is political. Story about a modern revolution must be." There are hard, relevant discussions in Far Cry 6 about the conditions that lead to the rise of fascism in a nation, the costs of imperialism, forced labour, the need for free and fair elections, LGBTQ plus rights, and more within the context of Yara, a fictional island in the Caribbean. Uh, and he goes on to say that um, like, uh, they, they were trying to be very careful about how they approached their inspirations, uh, which includes Cuba. Uh, they name-drop Cuba. Um, 
it's actually the only uh, Latin American mm. country that they discuss, uh, which sort of... Well, belies the fact that, th- that feels Yara like a, is a stand-in sort of... for Cuba, right? They, they basically... Yeah. It, yeah, no. In essence, it is. Um, and something that they talk about is that they actually... They did speak to um, actually actual guerrilla fighters from the time. Um, they never sort of go into the details about... Which guerrilla fighters they talk Some to? CIA operatives about, uh, from the what what side of <laughs> the conflict that they're on? Yeah, uh, which I I think is particularly interesting. Um, and uh, he sort of caps off with um, uh, part way through. He he talks about um, his family's history of 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 sort of living through well, revolutions. Doesn't he say he fled, they fled Cuba? Uh, I'm from a family that has endured the consequences of revolution. I've debated revolution over the dinner plate table my entire life. I can only speak for myself, but it is a complex subject that should never be boiled down um, to one quote. So there, there's a sort of interesting um, sort of thing in that, because I guess the thing that was interesting to me about his statement um, was, one, there was a mention of a lot of buzzwords, right? And there's that thing that I think that video game developers tend to do, even yeah. when they are willing to discuss politics. And we saw it with the Modern Warfare guys. Mm. We would name drop these things... But we will not offer a perspective on them. It's we talk about these things. It's never. Mm. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about like the how messed up it is about this, or you know, mm. God, can you believe they did that? There's there's never a motivation or perspective offered. It's always just we will talk about these things in a un in a, a nuanced and un and balanced way yeah. that doesn't you know weigh on one side or the other. Um, it all comes back to centrist brain rot. Yeah. Like I think, I think these people genuinely think that just talking about these things in a way that feels impartial is enough. Like that's enough. We've done the work. We've done our duty, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, right? Given like given the nature of that, like it is first off in in this specific instance, like given the nature of that statement released by the Far Cry Six uh, director. Uh, given the game's quite blatant sort of inspiration of being like based on Cuba, uh, which I think is like mm-hmm. it's difficult. Impo- to I would say impossible, that, yeah. uh, given what we know. Um, like impossible, absolutely impossible. Um, I, I I think even then the only debate you can have is the degree to which it was an inspiration. But even then, mm-hmm. like it feels like it, it's basically Cuba. Um, and given that sort of that. Th- I don't like to make. I'm not going to make any assumptions, and I'm not going to make any uh, outright statements because I, I we don't know a lot of information about this. We don't know a lot of the details. Um, but um, in relation to pol- the political uh, the political nature of a game set in Cuba, making a comment that your family has f- uh, it has fled revolutions. Uh, in a context where we know that a lot of uh, a lot of the people who fled Cuba during the during the revolution in the late fifties, early sixties, were uh, plantation owners and landlords who mm. held like held issue with the regime. Well, I mean, we, we don't know, but you, you, it would be it would be easy to draw a line between like was was his family fleeing the revolution because they were landowners or plantation owners? Because we also need to acknowledge the fact that like you know as as much as I as as much as I have my own political opinions about certain things like um like the 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 political situation in Cuba did lead to sort of uh, continued mm. LGBT persecution. 
right? I mean, I I, th- I, I feel I agree problems. with his statement that yeah, it would be it would be foolish to to argue that revolutions are simple. Yeah. And um, but I feel that that Absolutely. is deployed not necessarily yeah. sincerely so much as maybe as a deflection of like this both sides thing it's not mm-hmm. it's not to say that because you know because i would probably say something similar if i was to write a story about revolution but i think for me that would not impl- i would not mean mm. in the sense that i am going to offer both perspectives equally i do think revolutions are often necessary and historically have been against mm. oppressive regimes and are fully justified but i think it, when i argue about the complexity of it it's more about the you know the butterfly effect of god the, the way the waves that are made through these things mm. and it's not simple and tidy and it, you know it has effects on in various ways for many decades mm-hmm. centuries even and it's not easy to boil that down but if mm-hmm. you know if we read far cry 6 you know yara as he standing for cuba which yeah i think we can all agree blatantly is mm-hmm. I think the thing that's interesting then is the fact that you are you are mounting a modern revolution would would easily be taken or at least has the implication of being a commentary on thoughts on the current regime in Cuba, you know, which you know there's an implication that they would perce- they perceive perhaps the current regime as fascist and authoritarian and in need of overthrowing. Um, and you know they can obviously always care behind well it's not really cuba and it's not Mm. really this but i think even regardless of whether they what their intentions are the work exists in that framing regardless of their intentions and can easily be read that way and probably will be read that way by a lot of people um and i think yeah like i mean i think it's an incredibly loaded statement that they're making with this game regardless of their intentions behind it, and regardless of whether we're imbalanced, and I think what's interesting, and we we talked about this with the modern warfare one, is always always comes back to this, right? These people that imply are tr- sort of trying to pre- present themselves as impartial. We're just mm. documenting. We're just pre- we're just telling us we're just telling a story. You know, always comes down to the the we end up with these narratives where mm. they just prop up a status quo, even where there's a revolution here. Mm. What but what they were arguing, one thing that he mentioned in that statement was on f- free and fair elections and stuff. There is a there's a sort of an undertone there of like what we what what Cuba should have is a good old American values yeah. and democracy and all this stuff. So even where there's a revolutionary plot, the the intent of that mission is always to then put in place the status quo that exists in large parts of the Western world. Absolutely, and I think I think something uh, I and something that is on my mind a lot with this is um, if uh, if we accept that Yara is a stand-in for Cuba and we accept that it is uh, sort of a political critique of the current Cuban regime. Uh, and we accept the fact that um, the protagonist of the story, the character that you're playing, is a militant revolutionary fighting against that current political regime. Um, We look back at what kinds of people um, were militant revolutionaries fighting against the current Cuban regime, um, and and, and within that context, uh, the, the question that is very very strongly on my mind in relation to far cry 6 is what ideology Mm. does your character represent what side are you fighting for and what does that side because games do this a lot right they have authoritarian dictators and the reason they're bad is always because they kill people right like that's that's basically what it always boils down to but the actual policies and political intentions of those characters and of the their counterparts you know their opposition and the, the player characters and stuff 
It's never really disclosed. Like I was thinking about Dishonored and you trying to overthrow the, you know, this is all about you. You get deposed at the beginning. There's a coup, and then the rest of the game is you're trying to overturn that coup and restore back the monarchy. And like the politics aren't really spelled out, but like that that's sort of the story, right? Like a a political faction within the government decides they want rid of the empress. And they're going to install, you know, themselves instead. You know, they're not they're not poising like you know elections or anything or represent you know members of the public getting any representation. But they're overthrowing a, a monarchy, and then the rest of the game is you trying to restore that monarchy. And it's the same plot in Dishonored too. Um, but I think about the fact that they don't really discuss the politics of that. Like revolutions in video games are often framed in this way of like. Like, they often do this, oh, well, see, revolutions go too far, and they're always yeah. violent, and they're always, you know, and political extremes are the thing that is chastised and viewed down upon. It is not, the, the, the value is never your actual politics. The value is just, like, how, like, oh, believing in politics too hard is the problem, yeah. you know. Um, the, just, just sticking with the status quo and letting things be, that's always the thing that is approved upon um, in a lot of these games. Also doing it in a non-challenging way because that's all centrist like. They're like, no, I don't... Violence, violence that's being used to go against my opinion, don't want that. No. That's, that's essentially it. It's also, um, it's also this fixation on the aesthetics of politics, right? Uh, and I feel like that's... Uh, that that's ultimately like what we see a lot of when, when, when these games attempt to sort of be political but say they aren't, which is like there's like you get you get like some sort of like philosophical arguments like in modern warfare which is more army do bad for good things um and 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 so on and so on but like more often than not there's this reliance on the implication of aesthetics uh and it's what i think it's what i think it's what a lot of critics get stuck on right especially with the division 2 like one of the big arguments is to like one of the big things that i saw a lot of people talking about um, when they were trying to make the argument that the Division Two was a political game, was like, it's mm. set in Washington D.C. and that's of course political. It's political. <laughs> the the fucking the White House is there. That's this is political, and it's like, well, this game is obviously political, but it isn't it's not political uniquely just political. because yeah. we're seeing these sort of these images yeah. of what these representations of politics, right? Yeah, people get um, hung up on the iconography and, of, yeah. like, of, like, you know, I think back to something classic like Half-Life 2 and the Citadel, and you have this imposing structure and as, as a sort of abstraction of authoritarianism and stuff. And, like, that's the kind of thing that games lean in on, is, like, just the idea of these things, but the specifics, the, the politics, the actual real-world context is almost never touched upon, really. And I think what it is, is that um, for the longest time, for, for, well, for a while, at the very least, uh, like, at growing, as I grew up and, and, like, saw sort of culture happen around me it always seemed to be like mm -hmm. it's not a discussion about aesthetics it's a discussion about ideas uh and um slowly more and more people have come to uh to understand that mm -hmm. aesthetics play a tremendously a significant part in politics right like with uh with dog whistles and yeah how you how you communicate in a way that is indirect basically mm -hmm. how do you tell people something without saying it yeah and how you communicate through and how you communicate through your presentation uh, and I, I I worry that um, that instead of acknowledging ideas and presentation go hand in hand together to express ideas, um, sometimes people get a little bit stuck on 
like we we we're thinking like oh okay like political symbols are a thing political ideas like are represented in imagery and aesthetics um and sometimes people might forget that we also need to like the ideas mm. are just as important like it's not just dog whistles it's not just swastikas or like it's not always explicit or symbols yeah. that look mm -hmm. like swastikas or um or like communist propaganda uh, like imagery or sort of like like just like statements and quotes and it, it's 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 a collection of things that all sort of serve a purpose collectively Trying to look um, back further um, into the Tom Clancy series, um, one I've mentioned is Rainbow Six. Um, and I was trying to look into any developers looking into the, the politics of it. Um, and there, from critics, there really wasn't. I guess counter-terrorism is just viewed as a net positive. So, um, But I did find the mayor of Vegas at the time of the release of Rainbow Six Vegas when was disproving of its release, thinking it would negatively impact tourism. Um... And, like, obviously, this one on its own is a little absurd. Like, I don't imagine that there was... I, I don't think people were suddenly hit with the prescience threat of terrorism and we're not going to go specifically to Las Vegas off the back of this. Um, but it's definitely a good jumping-off point for the sort of way in which games absolutely do intersect with the real world and, as political objects, they have an effect. Um, because while that one is a little absurd... There was the very real um, incident in which Ghost Recon Wildlands literally caused an inter international incident with the Bolivian government um, who expressed their dissatisfaction over the game's portrayal of their country as a violent narco state and filed a formal complaint to the French embassy in La Paz. Um, so, you know, like, that is literally Ubisoft's game about going around shooting narco drug lords who apparently run Bolivia, according to that mm. game. Um, literally involved the Bolivian government contacting the French government to be like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And that's why you can't just kind of present these things as like, there, there is no impartiality to presenting yeah. what you think is fiction. Like there, there is, there's just no way. There's just clearly no way, you know? It was interesting as well, because remember in the release of Wildlands, the Ubisoft talked a lot about how they researched Bolivia mm -hmm. in terms of like, and they, they bring up the term, you know, in terms of the music and like the architecture and all these things. And it's all the aesthetics of that country, but the actual like fact that the country is not a country run by drug lords somehow was not something that they wanted to engage with like i think that like you know in terms of the research it's like it's just so shallow like you know they, they take all this imagery and they'll use that to boil a sense of authenticity mm -hmm. and you know documentation about the game but like and and also to deflect from any accusation that oh yeah we did we don't know what we're talking yeah. well no we did all this research but like the research is just around the aesthetic stuff there's no just shallow yeah. they still told the story with reckless abandon and like, it, I, 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 bringing far cry 6 back up again but like cuba is a real country that exists and is still around and it still mm -hmm. has the sort of political system and the government that 
that the game sort of uh, pro- seems to propose to criticize. Uh, and it's also a country that is, uh, you know, like Ubisoft is uh, a French company, um, but they do have a vested interest in the American market. They rely on mm-hmm. sort of American video game industry frameworks to to sell their products. Uh, and the United States is still um, uh, if for enforcing a trade embargo on Cuba um, that is causing them a lot of economic difficulties. Um, and it, that, it makes it really difficult for them to sort of progress as a nation because they're not allowed to like you it's a, you cannot you cannot fly to Cuba from America or um via America in any way so there was a there was a window there was a there was a brief get, window where Cuba. Cuba weren't under trade embargo and then they were again um right I see and um Heard. I I I I like it, it I don't think Far Cry 6 is going to have any more of a negative political impact on Cuba than Cuba was already receiving from the actual United States government, right? But it just it, it, it feels like, like it further solidifies that. It, it, though, yeah, right? no, it perpetuates a sort of cultural idea of what Cuba is that is uh, far removed from the nuanced and challenging reality of what of what the country is going through right now. But like to to take it from the effect that these games have as political objects to just to take it to the people that make them because like the people that make your games have political opinions and vote for political parties and you know your games don't exist in a vacuum and we learned that recently with the five nights at freddy's creator scott cawthon uh said he's going to retire from public game development following controversy around um his donations to several republican politicians um, including Senator Mitch McConnell, former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Ben Carson, and former President Donald Trump. These were made public recently. Um, so, you know, in a way, like, a lot of people that played these games and stuff suddenly found out that the money that they'd paid for the game went into his pocket and he used his pocket to to donate to Republican politicians, um, that, which was a pre- particularly um, controversial among like the the queer community and among LGBTQIA people, um, because there was this statement released from him when he retired, where he was saying like like oh of course I rep- I respect the LGBT and I would never do anything untoward them, but it's like but and it and it's sort of this thing he can say that because he himself has not maybe done anything directly, but of course he has funded the people mm. who have. Um, and I think that, like that, in a nutshell, sort of sums up the way that people approach uh, politics personally, right? Where they're like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm friends with gay people, I'm friends with queer people," but then everything in their actions, like yeah. everything that they do, is in direct opposition of that. But like, fail to sort of see that until there was this sort of public reckoning, you know? Yeah. And I just think that is wild and the fact that because i even saw people i looked at this like middle of the night like sort of people in the hashtag people were like i stand with scott because they were like oh well you know like he's still just a stand-up guy he made this he was nice to me he was nice to me i was just like nice doesn't mean shit like nice is not good do you know what i mean like i i just yeah well there is that there's that thing of of like i was talking to a friend recently and they mentioned someone they knew who was very wealthy like millionaire kind of inherited mm-hmm. wealth had mansions and stuff and and they followed this up with oh you know but they're really nice and i was like well they better fucking be like if i was really rich what the fuck would i have to wear of course i'd yeah. be nice i'd be polite i'd be i'd be smile all smiles and laughs to everyone but that 
is not the same as are my actions good mm. do i would i use my wealth to help people would i make to take actions to help marginalized people there's not the same thing mm. and i think we we fixate on this pleasantness you know it's, it's sort of the thing around celebrity culture mm. and like idealization is we we sort of fixate on the personality and the actual material actions they take are mm-hmm. sort of neglected partly because they're often obscure like mm. i mean this in this instance these donations were from years ago we we only just recently found mm. out about them mm. you know it's it's difficult to be able to parse these things and it and it it, it 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 i think it goes it's it serves as quite an important uh part of the story to to acknowledge the the, the reasons behind why scott Gawthorne donated to these uh these conservative republican politicians it's because um, it's because Scott Cawthorn is a uh, an evangelical Christian, uh, and uh, there are a lot of evangelical Christians uh, in America who insist that they do not hate gay people, um, but in the same breath will will still insist that it is a a, a sinful lifestyle that they cannot condone as part of their faith. And uh, to, but to, that they to, still to give love um, Scott some credit, like I guess. Um, I don't think he's ever made a statement to that effect. I'm not obviously what we're talking about is is the implications, the obscure ways in which these things, and the fact that he doesn't exist in a vacuum. But I just I just don't want to seem like we're implying that he's said these things necessarily. Mm-hmm. But he, he has none. Things, no, but, but he is nonetheless yes, he's he's an evangelical Christian, which he has spoken about. He's spoken about. I think read an interview years ago where he talked about um, God gave him the inspiration for Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh yeah um and and uh, m- most of his games before developing the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise were sort of um uh, overtly sort of Christian in nature. Um, but he exists yeah, in that course. context he, he, that you're talking about exactly. of like yeah of these people that are like you know and he's associated with them and you absolutely have to bring a scrutiny of like okay well you know you may not say these things but you're part of this organization and you're part and you're making those donations like what what's the real story here. Yeah, especially when he says things about um, about supporting Donald Trump because of his strong stance on enemies overseas, you know. Jeez. Uh, oh, feels gosh. like a particularly... Bit of a dog whistle thing. there, wouldn't you say, Astrid? <laughs> yeah, strong enemies overseas. Um, bit of a dog whistle. Um, this is far from the first time um, a game career has been in a similar position, actually. Um, the one that was quite famous to me was um, Earthworm, Ju- Earthworm Jim creator... Doug Tenapple, um is outspokenly anti-LGBT. He opposed same-sex marriage, still does. Um, and I learned this, but through my research this time, looking into him, I shit you not, he was personal friends with Andrew Breitbart, the founder of Breitbart News and co-founder of the Huffington Post. L- he was now, wonderfully and amazingly, dead. <laughs> yeah. Um... Some good news, everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, but like... I just think of that in terms of, you know, talking about games and being political and stuff. Like, even if somehow it was possible to make some impartial, perfectly impartial, purely observant game that has no motivation, has no perspective. The fact is, these things are made by people with Mm. politics and who use their money to further their politics. You know... and this is this is true of individuals as much as it is of big companies. And you was you talked about Ubisoft's interest in the American market and stuff. These things absolutely have a factor in the games they're making and the stories they're interested in telling. The 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 amount of money uh, that various um, sort of high up people in Ubisoft have donated to a, a litany of different 
political uh, actors in the United States of America, I think, just goes to sort of accentuate that idea of of, of companies like Ubisoft having such an in, a vested interest in yeah. the mm. politics of America. Yeah, they have they have their biases and they have their interests, and those are absolutely going to play out in the kind of games that they want to make and the stories they want to tell. I think it just it only it only helps to be pressing of that, and I think this idea of when they say their game is not political, you know, it's, it's such a farce, but it is this tool that they use to deflect from scrutinizing, you know, d I guess the thing is, like, don't get caught in that cycle of arguing, is this political? Because it is, it's inevitably, mm. it's, you know, as we've outlined, the, the object itself, the, the content, as well as the people making it, and the effect that these games have in the real world, they are absolutely political, but it's not it's, so don't get caught in that discussion but rather start you know be very you know be very skeptical of the politics that those games have and the motivations behind them and what agenda it serves um because it's rarely have a good i'll say that yeah, much it's i mean when you have a good when you're talking about games that glorify you know police states and military authority i mean i don't know about you but on paper this sounds pretty bad um but that's what that's consistently what these games do. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a consistent theme between all these games in a way that we should probably find quite disturbing. Mm. It's been a trend for uh, two decades. And maybe this is at least I, 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 we maybe don't need to go into this. Maybe this is something for the viewers at home to think about. But um, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit of a hot take actually. Uh, uh, so just 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 warning you all there. Um, we need a hot take stinger. The um the the proliferation of hero shooters, right? Of playing playing games wherein the characters that you play are like playing multiplayer games wherein the characters have their own sort of backstories and their own sort of affiliations and their own sort of ideals, uh, and being these sort of lionized characters. And I'm thinking particularly. Uh, of how this is manifested in something like Rainbow Six Siege, right? Um, and it, it, it feels like almost a sort of uh, unintended consequence of the prol like, proliferation of hero shooters, sort of in intersecting with Ubisoft's whole vibe. But it's a game about cops from all over the world um, that exists in a world where we're having very important and very prescient discussions about what role the police serve. Uh, and it's a game that idolizes and places upon a pedestal uh, representations of authority and home policing. Um, well, I mean, to, to be specific, Rainbow Six is presented, or Team Rainbow is presented as a joint NATO counter-terrorist organization, to be specific. Mm, to be specific, yeah. And I... And but I, it is made up of is they they find a lot of their members through police as the well FBI, as the FBI, uh, the GIG, hey, the French SWAT. There, there's a there's a UK policewoman in UK it. UK policewoman. She's one of the Spetsnaz. Um, like it's oh. it's just a, a litany of um of of uh of idolized people from from various different um morally questionable um organizations throughout the world um 
We have and an astronaut in it, though. They do have an astronaut. Interestingly. They do have an astronaut. Um, <laughs> there's, just, there's just all these cops and soldiers, yeah. and then there's some fucking astronaut Well, in, in their head, they're like, yep, can't wait to bring police and <laughs> the military yeah. to fucking space. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, they, they're, they're so excited by that. And one day, I think we need to talk about the fact that a lot of this, especially recently, is being glossed over and people are just like, oh, wow, like you can be a black female cop in Rainbow Six. Isn't that amazing? And that's considered progress now. Yeah. It wrinkles my like sphincter. It makes recently, me so angry. They've recently added a Native a American phrase. character to the um, stop uh, to Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, and that's progress, baby. I hate it. I but but it, you, you're absolutely right. Like these, it's the it's neoliberal thing of like if we fix a, you know, like it's it's not about pushing, you know, making society better. It's just making more people included in the way the state and um society already functions. Uh, you know, like we're not going to overthrow. We're not going to you know reform or dissolve the police state. We are just going to make sure it's more diverse. We're not going to get rid of the military. It's just going to be more diverse. It's just repackaged, like, girl boss rainbow capitalism yeah. model minority stuff, right? That's all it really is. Barf. Um, and, and yeah, and like, I, and I think what's interesting is, because we, we've discussed it, a lot of these games we've mentioned have been on that track, mm. like Call of Duty, Ubisoft's titles. You know, Rainbow Six Siege is very diverse. Like, you know, it's, it's got all these women from all around the world, of various um, races and ethnicities. I think they even imply recently there's different sexualities in there. So, like, yeah, they're definitely glossing over the politics with this veneer of, oh, see, it's progressive because all these people are included. Um, and I don't I don't want to detract from anyone who finds value in getting representation where they can get I it. I do. I will. I'll be the You're villain. You're going to do it. The, re <laughs> the reason, <laughs> reason being is, like, that, that has just that's become like a fine thing like we can gloss over the the war crimes being enacted in these games because it's being done by a woman or a person of color and that like that's that's actually a that's a big problem now like mm -hmm. i see people like actively praising you know stuff like rainbow six and glossing over all all of these repugnant politics and that that how did we get here yeah and that's maybe next episode how did we get here uh it it, it makes me think of um i i think it's what's going on what's been going on in um in wisconsin recently i think it's wisconsin in in america but very very particularly there was there was something that really made me think and i think it it's sort of pressing here where uh there were protests about uh uh a, a, the police killing uh a, a, a black child um and um the protesters had graffitied a political message on the ground um sort of making a statement about this uh, and the next day people came to this location to find that the the city council in preparation for pride month and their pride parade celebrations had uh painted a, a rainbow mural over this graffiti uh, and it makes me think a lot that I, I, I'm thinking a lot about that right now in, in the discussion that we're having about sort of tokenistic surface mm. level representation mm, yeah. in war crime games. Right. It, it And I because all that really serves is to pit uh, different oppressed groups against each mm. other right because the implication there is that oh oh gay people don't care about police brutality mm. which is patently not the case and it, i i i think i i think it's something to think about a lot something to be very aware of uh in 
you need to think about what representation in a game ostensibly about glorifying the police what what purpose does that serve mm. you know yeah absolutely like i there's there is an intersection between all these elements and they don't exist in a vacuum none of it exists in a vacuum and it is absolutely like behooves you to be be critical and like you know like you know enjoy whatever you enjoy like, i mean i play and enjoy rainbow six siege mm. but it doesn't yeah, change from the same. fact that like i sit and play it and i'm going god these people are terrible like I'm, i mean like the, the implication of a lot of their backstories is that the people you're playing as are, are quite literally have been Im implicit and in, in, involved in war crimes so there's like so there is this like thing where it's it's inescapable in a way where you you're seeing the game industry's push for diversity and stuff is sort of there instead of actually moving the core of their politics forward you know there isn't like it was it was sort of start going back like 10 20 years and finding that we're still making the same games with more or less the same theming and points the only thing that's really different is that the people you know committing the war crimes have diversified and that's sort of it and we have largely viewed that as a net positive. And I think, yeah, there is a massive problem in that and that we've we've sort of settled for this like bottom of the barrel um, kind of progress progressiveness, you know. Um, you know, we need games that are much more challenging than that. And I think mm. we as an audience need to be much more challenging and scrutinizing of the games that offer representation because we've seen, even in things that maybe don't seem as politically charged as Call of Duty, so like say Overwatch, that absolutely do use diversity as a deflection from any scrutinizing of the company's own politics, but also, yeah, the content of the game and what it's really saying. So I think it's just, yeah, it behooves us to just, yeah, be more skeptical of all this stuff, be very scrutinizing, and, like, yeah, just as you were talking about earlier, Astrid, lift, lift up on the, the sort of political aesthetics and iconography that can be used and, and, more, and look more at the implicit stuff that is being said by these games. Yeah, absolutely, because, like... Um... The like, on on the on the the idea of this having real world impacts. Uh, obviously, I can't say for certain whether this is correlation or causation or, or ch a, a chicken and egg situation. But like um, after uh, a lot of uh, protests against uh, police brutality and the treatment of black people in the United Kingdom last year, we saw um, we saw uh, police uh, organisations like the London Met. Um, rolling out advertising campaigns to try and get more diverse mm. uh, applications to join the police. Yep, uh, and it feels it feels like it's framed in a very similar way to something like the diversification of Rainbow Six Siege, mm. right? Um, and again, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, who knows which came first. Um, it, I think it, I think it's symbiotic. It's, like they both yeah. really because I was thinking about it's, the fact that is, recently I got adverts yeah. from the army, and um, and it was all about these women's shoulder, uh, soldiers, and it was all about like the, the sort of like the framing, the wording was all about like female empowerment through mm. the military and stuff, and it's the way that yeah, the state will absolutely co-opt seemingly progressive statements for its own ends, and 
Yeah, and I think like tying back into the original point of why do why do game develop developers say that their games aren't political? It's simply because they don't want us scrutinizing the actual politics of their game. Mm. It's not because they don't see the politics in games because they absolutely do, and it's not because these games are not politically motivated. It's not because these games don't have a statement. I think it would be reductive and simplistic to say that these games are vapid in the sense that they don't have any agenda they mm. don't have a state political statement they're making because they absolutely do consistently um uh, and, and almost only more explicitly as the years have gone on i think like you compare the original modern warfare's politics to the reboot they did and the original seemed quaint and you know fine by comparison it's like oh yeah like you know, it seems a, a totally different world away from where we just have Captain Price out and out, right, saying, "Yeah, we we've we've got to we got to get we got to commit some war crimes because it's the only way to keep the world safe." And I think the escalation of that points to the fact that this, and the fact that this this phrase was only deployed in recent years, points to an escalation of mm. the ways and, and and the politics that these games have. And also an increasing friction with the critics. And I think, yeah, it's just it's just be really really scrutinize these things. Don't take these things at face value and, you know, really wonder, you know, what the actual politics of these things are and, you know, why it would benefit them to suggest that they don't have any politics. Yeah. Maybe and to I yeah, to hedge um to hedge maybe a talking point from the other side of the political divide to me. Um be a three be a free thinker. <laughs> Think about these things. Scrutinize it. You know, don't don't tr don't don't believe everything mm. you hear. Think about think about things for yourself. You know that challenge. Think about look at all the facts that are available to and you and ask who's provided those facts. Ask who's provided those facts. Ask what you think about those facts. Um, think about this stuff. Think about this. Our call to okay. action for this week. Think. 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 Well, if you have things. thoughts. Um, you know, please comment below. Please feel free to email us at communityglasshouse.games. We're always looking for you. Or you can respond to us at Twitter at GHG Show. Uh, and if you haven't already, and I'm sure you've, if you've, you've got at this point, you, you love this video. So please like, subscribe, and share it. Share it with your mom, share it with your dad, whoever's available. Share it. Um, it helps us a lot and we really appreciate it. Um, and if you really enjoyed our content today, I really enjoy our content in general, please consider signing up with our Patreon. Um, we have a lot of exclusive stuff on there. You get a lot of stuff early. And we do streams just for our patrons as well. Um, and we have our most recent, as the time airing, we have our most recent episode of Persuasion Check on the Resident Evil series is up there for patrons only at the moment. Um, so yeah, think if you want that and want to keep the lights on for us, please think of supporting us. It means a lot. Um, and yeah, for those that have supported us so far, thank you so much. It's been great. Um, and we just had, we wrapped up our E3 coverage. Which I think went really well and it was really lovely. I don't necessarily have a great time usually watching E3, but honestly, doing the E3 coverage this year was great, and it Good was just time. lovely to talk with you all and um, and hang out online. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, and if you're not if you're not if you're not looking at us right now and you're actually just consuming us via your ears, then whatever app you're on to do that, maybe leave us a yeah. Good makes us, it makes a big difference for us, and we do appreciate it. Um, so, um, and speaking of thanks, uh, thank you to Astrid and Shay for joining me today and staying with me for this heady discussion. Thank you. Um, and thank you to Dancy Parks for the music. I'm Samantha, and we'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.